you have officially been cleared for communication with the Is It Safe Podcast. Your contacts code names are Luke. It comes out in these locker rooms and shit. Like I've I've heard bona fide stories, uh, verified stories of like the baseball team at Eastern all getting together and masturbating with each other. In the same room. Mike. I appreciate the outfits that Peyton Stewart wore. He looked like an old school racist golfer. Like he he wasn't a racist as far as I know, but you know, like the Vagger Bantz racist golfers of the old timey days. Welcome to the Is It Safe Talk Show. We just did a false start because my goddamn settings got changed for some stupid ass reason that makes no sense whatsoever. It means nothing to you. All you know is that you can hear us now. <laughs> And you're very, very happy. That's putting it mildly. So, welcome to the show. I'm Michael. My pal Luke's here. We said we wouldn't miss any shows and we'd be on a roll, but we blew it because I was in Vegas last week and I left last Thursday. It was a tight, tight squeeze. I just couldn't, I couldn't squeeze it in. I couldn't get it done. Yeah, so we didn't want you carrying your like at, your yeah. gear, you know, out to Vegas, having to try to record while you're at the strip club. Oh. Or whatever. Yeah, I went with Leanne, my wife, so no strip clubs. It was, uh, I've done, I'll tell you this, Vegas is really a good time with anybody as long as you have a quality traveling companion. And Leanne is a great travel companion. And we had a, yeah. we had a solid time. I went out there for Fantasy Baseball Nerd Fest. That was the reason I went. And we stayed at the Mirage, which I had never stayed at before. So it was a new hotel to me. And apparently the Mirage is not going to be the Mirage anymore. Those of you that hmm. don't know, Luke, the Mirage was the home of the two white tigers where those two guys that did the magic show and one of them got like his mm-hmm. you know, face his arteries ripped out of his neck uh, yeah yeah so but they haven't done that in a long time uh siegfried and roy as i recall thank you dude, i was like was man so dra- drawn a blank on that immediately. wow dude yeah yeah, yeah that's, man. that's the thing oh i think he he survived though right he didn't die he that's he true got fucking yeah he got mangled yeah, he got fucked he got fucked hardcore. It was not cool. But he did live. I don't know if he's alive today. I don't know which fitting, one's which. Fitting metaphor for our economic system. <laughs> yeah, welcome to hell, economics Hopefully. 101. But I, I will say that, and this is the point I was making before we had to do the restart yes. of my false start. Important is that, point. Yes. Yeah, it really was. I mean, I just noticed uh, there's a lot of boobs hanging out in <laughs> Vegas. It's like everybody decides, I didn't go to a strip club. I didn't go to any club. Just me and my wife. But maybe it's because I am married and I'm like, I love my wife and we enjoy each other's company physically. But it was just really noticeable <laughs> to me. Everywhere I went, it's like, wow. And I felt kind of bad yeah. about it. I know she doesn't care, but I, it was weighing on my mind more than usual because they were just all over the place. It was a... Uh, why did it? Why did it weigh on your mind? What, what were you? What do you think? What What are you actually getting at here? I don't know. Uh, uh, I'm just yeah, saying. I'm not trying to be. Yeah, you know, I'm not trying to be like antagonistic or whatever. I'm just, Respect. I'm, I'm curious. What you think? Maybe. What's needling at you on this one? Nothing's needling at me. I just wanted to make the observation because it was so so blatant just a to me. A lot that of tits, just everywhere. Way. I mean, it was just all is over it the more place. than? Well, okay, so then is it just more than the last time you were there? More than any time I can ever remember. It was also so March Madness weekend, so there's a lot of people there. It's a busy yeah. weekend for Las oh, Vegas. Oh, a lot of college, a lot of college co-eds. Just everybody, wild. though, all ages. I mean, booze of all ages and all sizes, and they were everywhere. And, you know, good for so them. It just felt like it was more than normal. It just literally yeah, it really was. Did. It was just out there. It was just way I've too I've been to Vegas there. a lot. 
I've been to Vegas like seven times. That is and true. And it really stood out this time. I'm not sure what it was, but boy, I'm really happy that people are proud of their bodies and they're flaunting them freely. And Las Vegas is really a shithole. It's a greed-filled disaster zone, to be sure. There's no oh, doubt yeah. about that. But at the same time, we could learn one thing from Las Vegas, and that's just to be a a little less prudish, you know, have our society be a little bit more open. Everybody thinks they can go to Vegas and cut loose and get stupid and be a little bit more free with themselves. And I think if we could take just that aspect alone from Las Vegas and leave the rest, we could all live in a more uh, enjoyable society. Yeah, One maybe, that is free maybe from economic the same attitude, <laughs> The same attitude everywhere where it's like, hey, just fucking let everybody do whatever the fuck they want. It stays here. <laughs> Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, That's pretty. As long I mean, as people you know, aren't hurting each other, hey, listen. As long as they aren't uh, creating actual material harm, go ahead and do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, that's the problem though, because but don't worry, we can just transfer money from your account into a portfolio Although, with your son, and it's gone. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I there's just no way to avoid the economic element of it. You know, money itself is lost it is or money. made. It's simply uh, transferred. That One that type of <laughs> that type that's of right, idea. Gordon. That type of idea only works with like individuals uh, on a limited time or at a limited time, like four limited times. So two, three days of, you know, Joe on the street, dipshit going wild. OK, <laughs> fine. But you let that you let that idea get out there too long, uh, make it permanent. And then the wrong the wrong people are going to be taken advantage. And that's I guess that's where we're at anyways. Uh, yeah. But dude, we were in uh, we were in Vegas. You and I, we stayed at the um, was it the oh, yeah. Hooters uh, Hooters Hotel and Lodge or something? <laughs> it no longer it? exists, by the way. That's oh, a huge surprise. I uh, that found out that it's <laughs> it's now called something else, but it still exists. Like the building is there. The building Hooters. There's a Hooters restaurant inside of it, but they've changed the name of the casino. It's called something else now. I don't know what it's called, but yeah, that was the first time I ever went to Vegas. We snuck in for a quick moment and 60 bucks passed out at the, the Hooters. Night, I think. Yeah, it was yeah. a steal of a deal. And, yeah, we and needed you, a it was cheap weird hotel. It was the cheapest hotel in Vegas. <laughs> it was. It was. We were on the move, going to our buddy Joe's wedding in Temecula, California, and we drove from Denver. Luke flew out to Denver, and then we drove all the way across for the rest of the trip, and we needed a place to crash, and Vegas was the place to hit the hay in the Beautiful night lights surrounded by the desert. I mean, and oddly yeah. enough, I went right to bed and you stayed up all night and gambled, which is very unusual. I wouldn't expect that now from you. Oh, my God. You want to know how? But here's how usual it was. Um, I was up. I think I was broke. <laughs> I was up like $350 and I lost it all before I came back to bed. Yeah. So, God damn it. Yeah. Unusual for me to stay up, but very usual for me to stay up, gamble and lose all of it for no reason. That's true. Yeah. I mean, that's on brand, but. Yeah, I guess that's very the whole thing is kind of brand. You're right. Never mind. On brand. I think I take it all back. You're right. That's right. Makes sense. A, I stay up. Yeah. You want to stay up? You're like, I'm in Vegas, I dude. I want to go do my thing. <laughs> I was trying to remember. I was like, I thought you were asleep, but yeah, I mean, you had driven. You had driven like basically that whole that whole run. So that was a long, long ass time on the road. So you fucking used me. It was fun. Yeah. It was a good. I I could drive forever, but I just thought it was a great place to stop because. I'd never been to Vegas, and so it was a little bit of an allure. Like, oh, oh well, let's, let's sleep in Vegas. That'll be cool. And yeah, there you go. That was your but first I was broke trip to as Vegas. fuck. Yeah, I was broke as oh fuck. So I didn't, I didn't have any. Desire I was broke to waste as fuck. I went money. down there for twenty dollars. I started with twenty dollars, <laughs> and I got up to like three hundred and fifty. I was so broke. Three hundred fifty would have gotten me out of like three jams. <laughs> wow. Wow. 
I think I was more broke than that. That's why I didn't gamble a single cent. And I love to gamble. Oh. I just couldn't afford it that night. Well, here's the here's the other um, on-brand part. On the way back, I got a speeding ticket. It cost me like $265. Oh, there it is. Which I, oh my God, which I ignored. I don't know if you remember this, but I ignored it because I'm like, well, I don't fucking live there. So what are they going to do? Right. Uh and they eventually tracked me down like four years later or something and uh, asked for that ticket plus all of the late fees um, for every Jesus. month that I didn't pay it. And I was like, so you want me to pay a thousand dollars for like a ticket that I think it was like two fifty. And uh, and I was like, I don't have that. I've got like 60 bucks. And they were like, all right, we'll take it. <laughs> I literally gave them it was 60 or 70 dollars to yeah. clear a ticket that originally started at 250. But they wanted to get like over a thousand dollars for and that's it was just it was hilarious. That. That's brutal, man. That's awful. <laughs> but and they yeah. and they called me. They called me like every month for like four years. But I didn't have the scratch, man. What was I going to do? <laughs> I just kept no, sending I mean, it to it. voicemail. It's like student loans. Click. Who cares? Fuck the good click. times rule. Yeah. You know, yep. we gambled. Fortunately, there was a price to be paid for our gambling. Yeah, the real but gamble. If you, yeah. yeah, if you get to live in America and you have a certain position, certain status, if you're a, you know, a banker, for example, you'll be fine. Don't worry about anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. or or if you have um if if you're selling fucking high end swimsuits to uh, shitheads across uh, Facebook, you can get out a, a loan for you know ten million dollars through SVB SVB Bank, SVB SV Bank <laughs> SV Bank I guess. Anyhow, you can get that loan and now you can complain about it and get all your money back. That's what's actually pretty funny about this whole thing. But yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I didn't man. even really want to like get into that much because you know honestly wow dude no i don't really know enough about finance but uh what i did want to do is like ask you to tell your did you say your airplane story airport story or whatever because i know we often forget about when we're texting back and forth and you're like oh yeah i gotta tell this story uh when we record and but that's not what he said do you not remember what i'm talking about of course I do. I buried oh. the lead. I... Jesus Christ. Oh, you're burying the lead. Oh, I didn't realize yeah. you were burying the lead. I realized it was strategic. Oh, I totally blew it. I didn't mean to. I realized that while I was standing in TSA Sunday night, we're taking the red eye back to Detroit from Vegas, and I noticed a very tall guy in front of me, and I got a look at his face when he turned my way, and I'm like, oh, shit, that looks like, is that Steven Jackson, former NBA player? It's the guy who was involved. The you know. fucking infamously in the malice in the palace, but he was also a very solid NBA player had a long career with the Spurs Warriors. If John Scott was here, he would be like, Oh yeah, Steven Jackson. In fact, I, Fuck I yeah. sent a text to John Scott to let him know. And he was like, Oh shit, that's awesome. So hopefully John will actually listen to the podcast. Cause I didn't tell him the whole story. And now he can get the full story by listening to this, but Hey, it's just for the record. I know Steven Jackson is. Oh, I know you know that. I'm just saying that you're not as big an NBA guy as John probably would be. No, that's true. Guy. I I haven't lost uh, thousands of dollars betting on it. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, you missed. You're missing out, man. The finer things in life. <laughs> I, I know I'm you. missing out. I really, I really want to ride the wave. <laughs> I really want to get in. But I, so I was like, oh shit, that is Stephen Jackson. And the whole moment after realizing that, as we get divided into the TSA groupings and go through our 
rigmarole with the goddamn tubs and separating your laptops. By the way, the weekend before, me and Leanne went to New York City. You know, I didn't get to talk about that trip either because, like I said, we didn't do a show last week because I had to go to Vegas and I was squeezing so much in, so little time. But in New York City at LaGuardia now, they have whatever they got there now, whatever technology the TSA is using, they don't ask you to take shit out of your bag. You just put the whole thing in there. You don't take your laptop out or anything. I'm like, oh, thank God. This is awesome. Hell yeah. It's a little perk, but it meant a lot to me in the moment that LaGuardia (laughs) was ahead of the curve. So. Yeah, that, that I mean, that's me. honest. Yeah, that's a dumb shit that feels like it's been around forever. Uh, and it has. They never, they never implemented it. It was just like uh, it was like X-Ray 2000, except, you know, they've always <laughs> been using X-Ray 1000. That's and they just refuse to fucking sign that fucking uh, that order form. Yep. Uh, so now they got that. the X-ray 2000 and you're now you can hey! now you don't have to do that. What about your shoes? Still got to take your shoes off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Your sandals too. flip flops even. Oh, my God. These flip flops. Watch out. You still God have to do that it. part, but everything else can stay in the bag. And to me, that was a big win. So well, thank the TSA in New York City at LaGuardia for getting ahead of the times here. And they completely goddamn disrespected me. Little idiots. Idiots. No. Yeah, I mean, See, they're not all geniuses. It that, was funny. It was funny to me is I've never heard of like a sandal bomb. I'm sure there's been one, but, you know, I have heard about the underwear bomb. bomb. So why don't they make you take your fucking undies off? Uh, mm. You know, they're so concerned about security um, and I'm looking for evidence. I'm thinking undies is where it's at. There was the underwear <laughs> bomber fucking blew his own nuts off while he was up in the, you know, like 3000 feet in the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a good point. There's some truth you to know, that. I, I mean, if you really care about it, you're telling me to take my fucking shoes off. I've never heard of a shoe. Wow, dude. Not yet. No, uh, I'm not I'm not familiar with that, but yeah, anyways, back to yeah, Vegas. Yeah. I, I eyed him up and I knew it was him, but I'm like, not the kind of guy. I mean, we've heard from John Scott on this show. For those of you that are the loyal diehards of the Is a Safe Talk show, you know how John Scott feels about celebrity death and the like. <laughs> and I agree with him. You know, it's totally totally way way overdone there's too much of that shit going on and it just i gotta takes tell over you, the news cycle it absorbs everything <laughs> yes yes it does and so fuck it who cares when b arthur dies or well, a golden girl he, dies or and i feel like he's such a nice guy it's not that he doesn't care he's just like uh no. why do i have to fucking why do i have to care why do i have to think about this right now all of the fucking times because the right, it's the celebrity culture got. of the united states shove it down yeah. your throat until you've had enough yep. and then there's more where that came from right so yep i mean it's like they hypnotize us with other celebrity bullshit man what did, what did she do Hypnotize you? Is this voodoo here? Yeah, it is voodoo. Celebrity voodoo. At any rate, I loathe celebrity culture, but I very, I mean, you lived in New York City, Luke, so you probably had a few run-ins with some people that would be known that you don't really know, but you know Mm -hmm. who they are because they are famous. And I've really had any instances in my life that I can recall where I ran into somebody like, oh shit, it's that guy from that movie or, uh, you know, an athlete. I I worked at Channel 7 here locally in Detroit back in 2003 when I was an intern. And we got to go interview all the Pistons on media day, which was the day before the season started, which ended up being their championship season, by the way, the 03, 04 season. I didn't know that at the time. Holy shit. That's awesome. But it was, yeah, it was 2003 going into 04, the year the Pistons won it all. Go to work. By the way, uh, (laughs) side note, nobody's going to care about this beyond locals, but uh, Don Shane passed away recently. He's dead. No, did he really? Holy shit. Yeah, man. He had like, I guess he had a... 
he got dementia. Like, he went down quickly. I don't think he was that old either. It's kind of, like, really sad. Like, he's been holed up in a retirement slash sanitarium. I mean, like, it's really sad. Uh, but he's dead now. So Wow. That was Sorry, Don Shane. That's out of nowhere. Yep. All right, he's a good guy. Yeah. All I, worked, right, I, I got to say he's- hi to him a few times when I came in as an intern at Channel 7. So, oh, cool. That was pretty much the extent of that. At any rate, but that day... Thank you. You're very kind. Yes, I know. Thank you. But that day that we went to media day for the Pistons, I was doing work as a PA there. Hi, Leanne. You got my phone? Thanks. I love you so much. There she goes. (laughs) (laughs) And after I had done my duty there, I was like, you know what? I'm going to ask Ben Wallace for his autograph. Now, I'm working there as like a PA, just a grunt laborer as an intern. So I'm there professionally. It's media day. It's not a fan event. It was a risk. And I go up to Ben Wallace, who's like 6'8", shredded. I mean, just totally shredded with the pro. And I mean, God, he is fucking... Imagine running into a pick sent by Ben Wallace. Like, just what that must feel like. Yeah, feel like walking into my... Or running into my fucking basement walls. It's stupid. (laughs) Oh, man. That was a fucking iron tower, man. That's putting it mildly. Yeah, the guy was fucking ripped. So I go up to him. I'm a little bit nervous. I'm like, hey, uh, Ben, you. I grab a napkin. Can I get your autograph? He's like, no, <laughs> man, get out of here, man. And I was like, oh, shit. I was pissing my pants. I was so scared. I was so terrified. No, man, get out of here, man. Oh, it was so intense. I felt felt very tiny in that moment that uh, sure I did. had violated the code. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, did he give you an autograph? Fuck no. No. It was the wrong place, wrong time. I, I didn't read it right. I knew it was a professional opportunity, and I shouldn't have gone into that type of mode. And I don't, God, you, I don't you even collect autographs pretty, anyways. I know you don't, but you already have a pretty youthful face. At the age of 23, you you would have looked... you Dude, you could have been like a make-a-wish kid, and he just fucking brushed you off. <laughs> no, he wouldn't... <laughs> He would have known. He would have known it was not a media. It was a media-only event. There was no fans there. So it was not like, oh, this is an opportunity to mingle with the fans. I blew it. I mixed business with pleasure, and I had to pay the price. And that's... Wow, dude. Frightening. When Ben Wallace gets pissed Uh, at you, man, it's not cool. So, Dude, if he had... The, the best the best way to interact with him would have been like on the court getting your ass destroyed. Like that would have been perfect. Like, go up for a shot, just get fucking just wrecked, and then that's the story. Don't even get his autograph. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I always right? I always wonder, like, all right, like you said, who cares really about the, you know, celebrity sightings? But my favorite, the favorite one I've had, uh, this was not when I was living in New York, but it was when I was in New York. I went back, like, three or four years after I moved back to Michigan. Now, I see and- you, hustle man. I saw Dan from the Dan Band going into a Chase Bank. Really? That was my that was probably my favorite celebrity sighting because uh, I've never seen a more normal looking guy that everybody literally has seen on screen because everybody saw that fucking movie, and <laughs> everyone knows that song. Everybody knows his version of that song, and yep. no one recognized him. There's people just wandering right by him. He was completely. I mean, you know, he's the normalest looking guy in the world, but out on the street, he's even more normal than you would think. He looks like um, he looks like maybe he's, you know, 
maybe he's on parole and he's got to like pick up trash later. He looks like one of those guys. And I, I chose not to say hi. I really wanted to be like, like I, I kept it back. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. The dude's just trying to hit the ATM. I get that dude. I hate that feeling. Like, who am I? Like, shut up, Mike. No one cares. This guy's trying to live his life. Every now and then I get a little bit lonely and you're never coming round. Every now and then I get a little bit tired of listening to the sound of my tears. Every now and then I get a little bit nervous that the best of all my years have gone by. Every now and then I get a little bit terrified. I see the fucking look in your eyes. There it is. That's where the laughs come in. It's still funny, man. It's it still oh, cracks yeah. me up. I know it's old school's a funny movie, movie, man. I don't give a fuck what anybody hilarious. says. It seems like everyone's shitting on old school in the modern era 20 years later, but I love old school. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's stupid. Oh, you know, it's right up my alley. It's got a lot of funny people in yeah, it. No, old school is still, it's still fucking hysterical. Um, especially when Will Ferrell's walking around the kitchen slamming the cupboards closed with a hockey stick. That always cracked me up. Uh... What's going on? <laughs> Are you having... Yeah, you're sounding bad. You know, last you time you me? told me I was sounding bad, I sounded... No, I can... Here, I'll leave and come back, but I think this is you. Hmm. Can you still hear me? Henry's charged? Yeah, I can hear you. I hear you fine. You oh, you hear me fine. Yeah, I hear you fine right now. The last time you told me that, I wasn't cutting in and out on the recording, which is odd. But bizarre. Anyhow, what else going to say? Oh, the other celebrity, my other favorite celebrity um, sighting was also when I didn't live in New York, but was in New York. It was like five years later. Chris and I went to New York last year, and. We were crossing the street in the randomest spot of like the east side of Manhattan, and a uh, fucking Dave Attell got out of a taxi and just crossed. Like he got out of a taxi and like was walking to the sidewalk as I was like basically approaching his taxi, and I was like, hmm. "Holy shit!" And I was just like, "That was the first time I've ever actually." Like stuck my hand out and, and I was just like, "Hey, huge fan!" Shook my hand. He said, "Thank you," and he took off, and that was it. But that was it. Just the the most ra- like no one on the street. There was like the busiest afternoon, and uh, the whole block was empty. It was just his cab pulled up, dropped him off, and I happened to walk right by. No shit. It was so fucking weird. And yeah, the chances of that. And I actually do respect him and like him a lot. You know. And some of his some of his bits are fucking amazing. I just don't. I mean, he's just like a comedy institution, you know. Fuck yeah, he is. David Tell is a guy that still has to open up for people who blow up and blow past him in <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> heated moments of stardom for certain others. But he's always there in the end. David Tell's a guy who's always very funny, super oh, yeah. self deprecating, and I I can't think of the last time I you know, watched honestly, or listened to him. Be, but- he might be one of the standard bearers for a particular type of comedy that, you know, came out of that, that era, you know, the nineties, the early, late eighties, early nineties, um, germinated mostly in, you know, New York city, uh, gritty cities, that kind of thing. Uh, 
that that was his that was his thing it was a fucking brand and i feel like he put his fucking stamp on it uh but the downside to the brand if you stay real you know if you're a real one is mm-hmm. you don't blow up like kevin hart oh well that's i not mean very he's nice. a fucking millionaire but whatever <laughs> he's a millionaire but whatever oh, i feel bad for him you know i feel like there's times when people get their opportunity and you either they take to you. Or I they imagine don't. there were many times where he decided to uh, stick in his lane. There was probably uh, multiple opportunities where he decided, fuck that. I'm just going to I like doing I like doing, um, you know, sets at two in the morning uh, in the East Village. Yeah, well, I'm fucking David Cross does it, too. Although, oh yeah, I guess Cross might be definitively bigger at this point. Hey, we uh, yeah, David Cross is coming here in a couple of months. Hey, I think May. Yeah, he's coming here in Royal Oak live, and me and Luke are talking about making a run. I, I've never seen David Cross live, and I would love to see him live. That would be fun. Hell yes, I am. I am that. doing my best. On, I am doing my best. I want to get the. Um, We're all doing I'd our like best. The, I would like the wife to go because she loves David Cross too. So. Oh yeah! Hell we'll, yeah! Let's see. Let's see how that turns out. We'll get everybody. Let's let's make it a blockbuster night. Come on. What did you, what did you have? A few drinks this morning? Huh? I, I think you did, didn't you? So anyways, to finish my stupid-ass story, so after I see Steven Jackson go off, drift away from the TSA world, and into the terminal in Las Vegas Airport, which is named after the esteemed Senator Harry Reid, who did so much for the common people. I mean, when you ask around in Nevada, the first person that generally <laughs> lo- rolls off the tongue of most residents of that state of Nevada, it's Harry uh-huh. Reid right away, because he did so many powerful things that changed lives that transformed nevada and the people within it <laughs> into a whole next level state that had so many advantages economically and harry I mean, reed is a oh, godsend absolute uh, godsend okay <laughs> i i'm you know what i'm asking I'm asking Chat GPT, um, what did Harry Reid do for Nevada? <laughs> oh, great. Yeah, let's get a live. Uh... This is. I've noticed that. I've noticed that Chat GPT goes down quite a bit. You think you're ready to run with the Bulls? Is that true? Uh, every uh, time it's... I try to use it, it's generally worked. Yeah, it. it almost every time it's generally worked, but. Uh, a few times today I've tried and it's been at capacity, quote unquote. So that, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a problem or whatever. I was like, oh, yeah, they're always really... at capacity. That's a huge, that's their number one problem. Hmm, I don't okay. know what it is exactly. Like, but I ran into that when my brother introduced it to me about three months ago. He's like, oh, yeah, well, if you don't get in early, you don't want to lose your spot either because then it might be hard to get back in later because they only have so many spots available. And I don't even know what the fuck that means beyond there's a limit. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I had one hell of a conversation going with ChatGPT earlier. Mm. Uh, yeah, it was actually it was it was almost too in the weeds. I kept asking it like, "Well, if you're non if you're like not biased, then why do you keep giving me incorrect information? Why do fuck! you provide You just say me? go fuck myself. Uh, How can it do that like to you? 
yeah it felt like for a second it was kind of like adjusting its answers for me like they started getting a little more leftist i was like okay that makes a little bit more sense now but they're very moody you know there's truth there's truth out there this is the problem with this whole kind of system is that you know it's based on the data that's there it's based on like the data inputs that are already exist so true how in the fuck are you ever well not all of it they deleted some of it obviously They've censored, sure. ChatGPT has been censored to not include all corners of the internet, which in its original form it did, which included a lot of racist and uh, discriminatory thoughts. Oh, well, then that's, the that's, does a perfect example. that's a perfect example, though, because, you know, first they came for the communists, right? I mean, they, they will also uh, completely uh, censor leftist point of views. They, they've been I doing it quite a bit. That's right. They can do it. They can do it in the same way. And all you have to do is, you know, wave that fucking flag, you know, just call it communism. And you can uh, you can remove that also from the. Oh, my God. Yeah, I've been I've been like mired in this uh, all day. I've been like reading and and absorbing a lot of anti Ibram X Kendi shit. Cheers. And Beverly uh, D'Angelo and all that. And just making my make me want to crawl up the fucking walls but anyway um <laughs> overall harry reed was a champion for nevada during his time in office working to oh. improve the state's economy protect its natural resources and support its residents um hmm. he worked to promote nevada's tourism industry so he did there you go that's putting him uh, oh for economic development he worked to attract new businesses to nevada that's good right um <laughs> want to bring more business uh land conservation. did some land conservation i don't know mm, i, what I a, wonder i told you i'm assuming i'm assuming that's just been rolled back oh uh, no way healthcare, healthcare uh he did expand some medicaid medicaid under affordable care act and and of course as we all know fucking medicaid is for Poor people. Medicare is for old people. Message. Um, for otherwise disenfranchised people. Um, mm, yes. So disenfranchised. Who the hell knows how much it actually did cover? It says 200,000 people, but I doubt that's correct. Anyhow, it's uh-huh. it's cherry it's cherry picking data, and that's what Harry Reid did. So, yeah, you're right. That's why people celebrate him so much. And celebrate. so did Steven, did Steven Jackson celebrate him? Is that why he was there? Uh... Yeah. When I first moved here, I blew Mr. Belvedere. Yeah, well, he blew Mr. <laughs> Belvedere, but I didn't blow uh, Stephen Jackson. I, I didn't give up. Actually, I totally gave up. I didn't want to talk to him. I noticed and was aware of his presence, and I was even, like, making a video in the moment to myself, like, oh, Stephen Jackson's right over there, and he was in my background, and I wasn't going to go talk to him. So once we got through TSA, me and Leanne started walking into the terminal, and, and Stephen Jackson came up again, and... Leanne's like, if we see him around here, we're going to go talk to him. I'm like, no, we're not. What? No. We're going to leave him alone. And we're not going to see him anyways. Who the fuck knows where he's traveling to? We're going back to Detroit. Could be anywhere. And then as soon as she says, we should go talk to him again or try to talk to him. I look at over in the right at the goddamn Hudson News, those bozo Hudson News that are in every fucking airport oh, yeah. across the country. <laughs> and I saw that orange hoodie and a tall guy. I knew it was him right away. I immediately didn't say anything, though, as Leanne was like, is he here? 
I'm like, no, he's not. And she knew I was lying because she could just read me so well. So she knew I was lying right away. And she's looking around desperately to see, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? And I'm like, fuck. All right, he's over there. So I showed her where he was. And she went right over there to go talk to him. Or she did. To let him know that her husband wanted to let him know that he thought Stephen Jackson got a raw deal when it came to how the malice at the palace <laughs> went down in 2004. Oh, man. And that okay. Not all Detroiters are against Stephen Jackson. There's people in Detroit who are fans and appreciate you as a oh, person, got, as an NBA oh, player. Oh, he got so fucked. He got screwed in that. I mean. He did. That's yeah, true. That, that That's documentary was actually very good. That, that whole thing was wild. Yeah, he got layered into the bullshit. He did. It's It wasn't cool. It sucked. But, you know, it can't be changed. And I actually felt that way i wanted i didn't want him to know like dude you you got a raw deal man the mouse of the palace was bogus it didn't go down the way they portrayed it there's a lot of fans and all kinds of <laughs> fucked up shit happened there so i'm peeking around the corner looking at her talking but i'm not seeing him from my vantage point because it's cut off so i can see her talking and she's clearly engaged in conversation and then she starts waving me over like this guy he's loving it you know he wants more of that yeah, apparently, because she's so, that's what Leanne does. She Everybody loves her. She's just so damn sweet, and her smile and her kindness. Yeah. People are drawn to her immediately, so she, if she makes the effort, no one's going to turn her down. Stephen Jackson's going to be like, fuck you. Get the fuck out of my face. It's not going to be like that. So no, not like Ben Wallace. <laughs> Lock that in. So I, I, I'm recording a video, too, also, like right now Leanne's walking over to Stephen Jackson to talk to him, and I told her not to do it. And then while I'm doing that video, she's waving me over. So I start walking over and I keep the video recording, but I hide the phone because I'm like, you know, you know, I don't want to record Stephen Jackson without his permission. But exactly. Put the phone. I wanted away. the audio, Jesus though. Christ. I did want the audio. So I kept oh the phone next to my gut. It was basically just stuck on my nipple, my hard nipple. Apparently, my nipple was hard. So you could just see my hard nipple through my Are you stupid Vegas the shirt. Mafia? What the hell's going on? <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. But, uh, he's like, hey, how you doing, man? He's like, I'm like, hey, man, I just want to let you know you got a raw deal, and there's a lot of Detroiters that think you're a good dude, man. And he's like, oh, I appreciate that. Thanks a lot, man. Like, where you guys? He started talking to me, and he was very friendly. And, and then That's he asked cool. me, he asked me if I wanted to take a picture with him. I didn't ask him for that. He's like, you want to take a picture? I'm like, did you do it? Oh, okay. Yeah, I did. Did you so, pull out your phone that still had the recorder going? <laughs> Uh, Leanne <laughs> knew that I was probably Leanne pulled out her phone and she took four photos and then sent it to me. And, and what I really screwed up here though, because friend of the show and sometimes co-host Steve Guile was a huge Pacers fan. And in fact, huge Steven Pacers. Jackson was on that team that we were rivals with when yes. the Pistons were going head to head with that Pacers team in yes. the mid two thousands. Oh man. He's and I really missed an opportunity to like, too. yeah, he loved, I mean, I'll run our tests. We oh, went to war. There was when our tests went fucking crazy against the Pistons. Yeah, we watched the game. Uh, it was game six, I think, of the Eastern Conference Finals in 0304 at Tom and Chad's apartment. Our friend Tom and Chad's at Glencoe, mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and Tom was so in Steve's face the whole game. Like this guy's like six foot seven. Oh, he He's was... a friend of ours. And he's like, "Hey, what do you think of that? What the? What do you think of that? Like, yep, yep, yep." And he was, it was really, really funny. Uh, in a very disrespectful. It was really way, funny. Actually. Yeah, it's hilarious. I, Steve's probably laughing it about hilarious. it right now, thinking about it, because yeah. Tom's yeah. our friend Tom is such a big dude, and he was loud. And if he got in your face at six foot seven, it was funny at times too, because he would say dumb shit like, "Yep, oh what? Yep, nope, yep." 
Oh my you know, just God. kind of random dumb shit like that. It's hard to explain that. if you weren't there or did not experience Although, it. Although I would love to have a drop that was just like, nope, yep, nope, yep. I would love to have that drop. <laughs> that would be great. I would I love to have that amazing. too. I would From the originals. From, from Tom and the Jeff. The originals. Just Tom, Jeff, the one and only. Completely synchronized. Uh, like you're sharing a spleen. Just nope, yep, nope. Yep, nobody yep. knew how to needle people like those guys did. They were the masters. <laughs> they were the fucking masters. The absolute. I've needled a lot of people. I've needled Luke a lot. I've needled all friends. Sure and I am nothing <laughs> compared to those two guys. When those guys were on, they were unstoppable oh, force. It was it was intense. <laughs> what? Wow, oh dude. You would get in your face but, to where to the point where you had to just like resign yourself and sit on the couch. Oh yeah, right in your face, going. Shh, shh, End shh, of story. Shh, That's it. Shh, 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 you got nothing. You, yeah, you got fucking <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Yep. They oh had so much patience God. to take it all the way. That's the key. Anybody <laughs> who's it. a quality antagonist, you got to be patient and willing to stick it out. Even when yep. you know you're so in the wrong or you've taken this way too far, you got to stick with it till the bitter end. It's like doing deadpan in comedy. You got to stick <laughs> yeah. with it. Yes. You got to keep it or else it doesn't work. Oh, my God. Quality antagonism. God damn it. I don't know how to express myself unless through anger and personal attack. I'm getting very upset. But... <laughs> That was a fun series to watch together. Those guys are the best. And yeah, so I wish I had gotten a video for Steve because, like, it would have been cool. Like, hey, Steve, what's up? Steven Jackson. But I didn't think of that in the moment because it was just all happening so fast. But it all happened so fast. Yeah. Also, you, I got to say, Mike, I'm a little disappointed you sent a delegate over as opposed to, I mean, you knew Aliyah was going to I know, right? You knew she was going to do that. Why didn't you step on her foot and just be like, all right, I didn't I know that she was going to do it. Do I really didn't. You just did. I didn't. I didn't know she would do it until she did it. No, the second you expressed any interest whatsoever, you knew she was going to make your dreams come true. That's what she does. Uh, it wasn't a dream she of mine. Wants, I, I said I, that like I who know, he was. But, but your desires, your you, even, you know, you, even if it's just kind of a waxing interest in something, she's going to try to make it happen for you. I was so against bothering people. I just don't want to bother people like that. That's how hardcore I am about it. And I was totally fine never talking (laughs) to them and moving on with their life. I really was. But you're right. She was going to always do that once she found out. You know what? She wanted to make it happen. It turned out cool. So I'm glad. I'm glad you did that. True love is the greatest thing in the world. He was totally awesome and got a picture with him. It's cool, whatever. It doesn't mean anything to his life. It's a nice moment to know that. I also got to admit this freely. I did let the mythos of who he was, not just Malice, forget that. I mean, I'm a basketball fan. I've watched NBA all my life. I know who Steven Jackson was and how he was portrayed and how he portrayed himself at times when he was a player and how he was in interviews and post-game talk. I mean, he had an attitude. He wasn't just your typical basketball yeah. player he did have an edge to him because he wasn't no offense Stephen, if you're listening to this i doubt you are but he wasn't the most talented player in the world but he busted his butt and he used every advantage he had to get the most out of his game and that was part of his attitude and his aggressiveness and it's very different from the malice in the palace but i'm not trying to equate it to that i'm just saying as a player he was you talk shit and he would push buttons he wasn't afraid to do that kind of stuff so i also got that vibe in my head like oh man I mean, <laughs> he's pretty hardcore. He probably doesn't want to be fucked with. I, I really thought that. I'm just going to be totally honest about yeah. that. It's so stupid, but it's true. No, it's, a, it's cool. I mean, those, it's goodwill hunting, man, because uh, any one of them would take a fucking bat to your head if he asked him. Like, he's that guy. <laughs> he's that guy that fucking rolled. Like, 
he's there. Like he jumped into the fray. Yes. He did not need We're to do hungry. that. And he, and he suffered major consequences for doing so. And he that did. wasn't just that wasn't just a hothead who would like he was painted in a very negative light. Um and let's let's not um fucking beat around the bush. I mean, they really did use that to uh, scare up some very strong racism in this state. Oh, hell yeah, they did. I need a show oh, of God. good faith, you know? Something Coverage concrete. That. Oh, man. There Anyhow, were so many so, fans that did dumb good. shit with that. Yeah, I'm with you all the way on that. But anyways, Steve Jackson, good dude. He's very chill. He's actually so laid back. And he once I did that with him, some other guy's like, hey, can I take your picture with you, Steven? And I'm like, oh, fuck. Look what I started. Look what we've started here. I feel like an asshole. Eh, but, you, you know, he's not going to remember. Not he's going to move on with his life. So. Oh, he's going to remember that. He's going to be like, this girl, <laughs> this guy sent his wife up to talk to me first. Yes. Was, yeah. Yes. I'll remember that That's shit. That's fine forever. with that. Hey, I'm not proud. Hey, yeah, I got no go, shame. You're, Fuck it. You're memorable. You're memorable. <laughs> well, you know, it's not like I was asking for uh, anything more than just like, I don't know, just, I don't want to bother people, man. You know what? I have an idea. Jerk off party? No. Let's no, do this. No, I like where this is going. Okay, put it away. Steven's like, right. don't, we're not doing that, but I don't like to bother people. And you're right, Luke. Generally, I would be able to just, I wouldn't be afraid to go up and just do whatever because who cares? That was, I used to be like that, but I've really changed a lot. I really have a hard time of, I don't want to intrude on people's lives, especially if I don't know them. So uh, there's actually a lesson to be learned. I think I got to learn to kind of get back into that a little bit. But, you know, find the fine line, find the balance of being willing to take a risk because who cares if I tried to talk to Steven Jackson or not in 10 years? It won't fucking matter. We'll all be dead one day. It's all, so just live your life and go to town. Yeah, that is true. Anyways, I, I'm, not really I'm not proud of how that went. I feel like I could have handled it better, but hey, that's the game, my friends. And me and Luke are here for a couple more minutes, and then I got so much more shit to do. I got to tell you this. I did take a look at that article that you sent me today, and I, I think oh, interesting. I think it's pretty. Yeah, you want to lay that out for people? Oh, no, you're talking about I sent you two articles recently, but the one uh, the, from Common Dreams about Norman Finkelstein. Yeah. I didn't know who he yeah. was. I had no idea who he was. Oh, he's he's a he's a figure on the left. He's uh he, he's an academic, but he's a guy that's you know, died in the wool uh leftist and been doing it been doing it his whole life. Uh would you go bug him if uh he was in an airport? Would you walk up to him and be like, Hey, what's up, Norman? Yeah, How you doing? Hell yeah. Oh my god. What if bug? I bug who are you bugging? If I recognize him, because he's so fucking normal looking, but if I was able to recognize him, I would definitely uh, sidle up. He'd probably. <laughs> here's the thing, though. He's one of those guys. Uh, you'd want to say hi, but you wouldn't necessarily want him to uh, go on one of his rants for 45 minutes. Um, but guys, guys, brilliant. <clears throat> he's brilliant. So I sent this article to Mike earlier today um, for the listeners. It is technically it's a book review of his last book, which is called I'll Burn That Bridge When I Get to It. Uh, Heretical Thoughts. Great title. On, I know it's great. Heretical Thoughts on Identity Politics, Cancel Culture and Academic Freedom. Uh, the thing that that separates Norm Finkelstein from a lot of different thinkers is that he might go into a book with he doesn't necessarily go into a book with a an ideological uh 
point of view or at least some teleological point of view he's not looking to get to a particular end in the book he's basically working his way through the argument and his i listened to an interview of him on chapo and i've heard him talk uh hundreds of times but they mentioned how he goes off on ibram x kendi (laughs) and that's just one of my favorite foils in the world and uh so when I heard he did that, I, I looked up, I looked up like, what did he actually say about Ibram X. Kendi, you know, and Beverly D'Angelo. So Beverly D'Angelo, white fragility. Um, Ibram X. Kendi is one of these guys that sells his, sells himself for $45,000 a, a lecture to talk about anti-racism. He's the anti-racist baby guy. Um, complete fucking charlatan. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. You remember that book, Anti-Racist Baby? I missed that one. I admit well, that freely. Actually, I'm not sure if he actually wrote that. But anyhow, he's the he's the anti-racism guy. Um, like, are you aware, though, that there's like a movement of like trying to train parents to be anti-racist? Like anti-racist is a thing. Are you at least aware of that? That anti-racism uh, I mean, is a thing? Yeah, I mean, anti-racism is... I guess I'm aware of anti-racism, but I wasn't aware that there's a movement in parenting to train the children immediately. No, it's just a it's just a social movement in general. It's, well, know, I get that. Yeah, that again, makes sense. It's, you know, charlatanry. I mean, you know, more of that bullshit. It's but anyhow, mistake. So I sent that article to you because I was like, I just wanted you to read it at some point. It really wasn't anything I had prepared for this show, but that was basically yeah. what it was about. And I well, plan on it's reading about that. leftists speaking up. Uh, I, what I got from it is that more leftists need to speak up and not be afraid. That's definitely part of it. And yeah. not be, not be, um, don't be afraid. Don't be in the fr- afraid in the face of massive, uh, massive kind of mainstream, pressures that come from the quote unquote left, the liberal center probably but like the the people that call themselves leftists like the nancy pelosi's of the world who like literally called themselves progressives you know don't be afraid in the face of those fucking people telling you that the only thing that matters in the world is uh what identity you possess uh who you are and what skin color you have uh because the first and foremost most important fucking thing is our solidarity and the thing that makes us all common which is our humanity and our suffering Hmm. well i can get on board with that right because the more you point out your own fucking differences the more that your your very specific differences and this goes back to what mr pink was asking last week about or two weeks ago about um lived experience just in general the more that you depend on that, the more you let, uh, you know, people like Ibram X. Kendi talk about how, you know, the experience of the experience of living with black skin is so different than the experience of living with white skin that it doesn't matter if you're a rich black person or a poor white person, that there is no sense of solidarity between uh, a poor oh, black no. person and a black person and a poor white person we are we're now like removing the tools uh in the fucking that's trouble disassembling disassembling the fucking toolkit that you know exists uh exists from birth that hey listen we all have a shared experience and we don't need to fucking be focused on our own individual 
our own individual lived experience, which is a form of dissociation from solidarity, which keeps us as individuals, which keeps us very easy to fucking manipulate. Absolutely, dude. I'm with it. The book seems uh, great. It's really fun. seems super interesting. I'll burn that bridge when I get to it. I think uh, everybody should at least check out the reviews. Burn that bridge, baby. Burn, baby, burn. All right, well, that's it. I got to go. Party's over. I got to go do more work. Got more drafts to do. I'm actually doing a draft while I did this show. I just wanted you to know how dedicated I was to try to get this show out. I'm doing the best I can here for everybody. And I got to tell you, I love doing the show. And next week, opening day will be over with. Baseball season will be fully underway. So that's going to be in the rearview mirror. And we can focus on doing a full show. I'd like to have Steve on next week. We'll see if we get Steve on next week's show. Oh, yeah, let's him on, man. Let's definitely do it. That'd be fun. He's a fun guy. Well, Steve brings a lot of fun to the show. Fuck and yeah. fun is a good thing, folks. So we hope your lives aren't terrible. You know, the economy is uh, chaos. It's always been chaos, though. That's the whole point. You know, that was the whole reason, by the way, why crypto was created. Cryptocurrency was created in response to what happened in 08. And people made fun of crypto a lot over the last year or so. And, you know, there's a lot of bullshit in there. Every fucking opportunity there is to exploit people in this country will draw scumbags to it. So crypto is no different than any banking system or any other financial sector where people are going to try to exploit. But... It's important to remember why crypto was created in the first place. I think that's an important piece of information to consider, even if you don't like it or you don't want to be a part of it. And it was to be outside of the current structure, which is totally fraudulent. So I just wanted to throw that out there, something to chew on as our as we move further away from the Silicon Valley Bank bullshit and the where the, the economy's always fucked, it's always been fucked, it always will be fucked. It may look good to rich people who have stocks and bonds and retirements that they can rely on and pensions that they can just pick apart and go to town on, especially if you're a Detroiter. By the way, I really want to talk about what happened with that vote that happened, how they, Detroit, they $650 million, much more money of free tax incentives to fucking Chris Illich and all the bullshit that's going on in Detroit right now. It's so bogus, dude. It is so fucking bogus bogus that people are being exploited and they're pissed about it and they they bitched about it but they still passed it the other, yesterday it's just oh man dude there's a lot of bullshit going on out there <laughs> i love that there's the assumption that there was any other option or that there was right. any other potential possibility there's, there's nothing if there's not fucking feet in the street and people aren't threatening to burn buildings down nothing is fucking ever going to change <laughs> oh you're right about that all right True. so i'm going to close the show with this song uh, email you. the show is it safe pod at gmail.com we love this talk show we'll be back next week as always please email us we hate when we don't have any emails i also hate the fact that we don't put a show out every week so we accept that if you're punishing us because we didn't mm -hmm. put a show out last week sure. we'll accept our punishment yep. but this song popped in my mind the other day and it just is so 90s this song is about as 90s as it gets so enjoy this 90s deep cut <laughs> from the presidents of the united states of america
Kitty, I'm a f- 